0: c-i-n-t-h-i-a-h-i-e-t-t dot com. Let the next 60 minutes inspire, motivate, and encourage you to become your own best version. And now, here's Cynthia.
1: Well, welcome to the show. This is Cynthia Hyatt with Conversations with Cynthia. And I'm very thankful that you're here today. We are talking about gender and the opposite sex. And this is one of my probably one of the most favorite topics that I speak on. And I'm hoping that today that you you have fun with this show and that you're able to maybe laugh about yourself. And truly the primary goal is that you become more accepting of the opposite sex and that you have a better understanding of them. So today I'm gonna be speaking a lot in generalities. And so I just want to make a little disclaimer that generalities are never intended to put anybody in a box. Actually they are intended to give us a reference point so we can expand from that point. So some of the generalities that I'm going to be speaking on when I talk about men or women is you're going to find yourself fitting in some of it and some of it you may not. And so the main thing that we want to talk about is understanding that our reference point is that of gender. So myself being a woman, that is going to be my reference point. That doesn't mean that everything about that is going to fit me. And so that's the same when when I talk with men, that there's going to be parts of it that fit and parts may not, because what we understand about the the male and female continuum is that it is it is not one continuum. It doesn't mean that there's this one continuum and we have men on one side and women on the other, but we have our two very separate continuums. We have a male continuum that on the one end is going to be extremely male, and on the other side is going to be a little bit more on the feminine side. And we have the same with women. That we have on one side is going to be extremely female-based, and then there's going to be the other side of the continuum that may be a little bit more male. And I know for myself, one of the reasons I work with men quite a bit is that I have a little bit more of that male side where I'm a little bit more logical, a little bit more direct, um, little bit more analytical and so what we see when we're looking at gender differences is how they relate to one another and one of the one of the ways that we can cause that relationship to be more highly connected so it always amazes me how different the genders are and even though we're still human in every way and share many human characteristics they, the similarities oftentimes lo- look more basic and primal, and so the thing that we're that we're understanding is that our similarities are more the basic part of being human. And then, as we we look at the at the different genders, that's where it becomes more complicated, more complex. So, in my graduate work, it was considered unethical and unprofessional to talk about gender differences, and so now we've come full circle yet again, and we are back revisiting gender differences and. And um, there's new, brand new research out that shows how very different the male brain is, how very different the female brain is. And of course, these are all new discoveries, even though God has been talking about this since the beginning of time. So I see, I have the, this saying that I like to use, and this is from a book called The Invisible War uh, by Mr. Brownhouse. And he is quoted as saying, and I, I like this because it really helps us understand this gender uh, issue. He says, in the basements of our greatest libraries, our past editions of the encyclopedias, which reveal the shifting changes in man's opinion about science, but always the word of God stands unchanged. And so what we see is this is indicative of the thread that God weaves throughout history, which is undeniable and irreversible as to the creation of his humans. And we continue to revisit godly concepts, then we throw them away like we did in the 60s, and we thought we were revolutionizing everything by saying that men and women were the same Instead of saying men and women are very different, but they are very equal and they are equal in value and equal in in many of their strengths, even though they may not share the same strengths. So we continue to revisit those godly concepts and then we pick them back up again like we are now in in the 90s. We started to revisit that in about the 90s. So, however, God has been talking about this for a long time and he doesn't have a problem with it. In fact, he designed it this way. And so what we see in the second chapter of Genesis um, chapter two, verses 18, it, it says, God said, it's not good for man to be alone. Now, the interesting thing is he didn't say that about women. And one of the reasons is because he knew women would not be alone in our hardwiring, We are, we are hardwired to connect and to create relationship and community. So what we do know is in the hardwiring of men, they are not necessarily hardwired in that way for community. And so one of the reasons that God said it's not good for man to be alone is because he knew that man might stay alone. And we, we see this, the the research that indicates that men do much better with women, that uh, men die earlier if they are single. And so what we find with men is that even if their marriage, even if their relation is very bad, they are, are more prone to stay in that relationship. But we see with women uh, that I'm constantly telling women that of all divorces in Arizona are initiated by women. Now, that's an interesting statistic, but what that shows us is that women can't take bad relationships nearly as well as men can. And so they're the ones that are ending them because they're the ones that can't take it, where men have, have a much higher tolerance for bad relationships. So this is one of the reasons that women often enter therapy earlier or men enter therapy later after the relationship many times has disintegrated. So when we see that that God has made man with such a desire for women, and he has made women with a need to belong as well as a need to help men. And so I'm sure you've all, men out there, have been helped by women. And maybe that's been helpful, and sometimes maybe that's felt meddlesome. So I say this tongue-in-cheek, even though it fits on several levels, that men are compelled by a desire to be with women. They really want women around. They like women. They like to look at women. They like to talk to women. They like to see women. And women are compelled by a desire or a drive to help, to be complete, to encourage, to support, take care of, to talk to, decide for, be wanted by, be desired by, yes, be desired by a man. And so you see an an innate in a man's desire is the need to protect, to cover, to be successful, and to be very respected for those efforts. It's not as complex for men as it is for women. Women are innately more complex. And what you know, men, is that if not handled appropriately, this will complicate things simply because of their hardwiring. Now, again, this does not mean that men are not complex. It means that men innately simplify things as a way to problem solve, and women have a tendency to complicate things because of all the feelings and experiences and possibilities in any given moment, regardless of the interrelational activity. So please understand that, that women, per se, don't complicate situations just because they're women much of the complication that occurs is in their attempt to clarify and resolve. So if you don't understand this, you'll end up treating them like a man, and then you get a very agitated, upset, hurt, unhappy, and very complicated woman. If women don't understand the beauty of a man's simplicity, then they will never be able to get their needs met and enjoy life with someone where things aren't so complicated. And and I, I experience this frequently with my husband. I'm very thankful for him. Because, you know, we may have some little difficult evening and I have a tendency to be a little more sensitive. So I kind of recognize everything, see everything, feel everything. And I, I think that this is, this is a difficult evening. Well, we go to bed, he wakes up the next morning and he's fine. He really is. And, and I, if I can't resolve the the emotional moment, now this is different than if the, the moment is a moral or ethical issue, um, but we can wake up the next morning, he's fine, really, really. He sees it as, as a bad moment, not a relational crisis that needs to be, a, be seeing a therapist over. So many times what we see with women when I'm helping them is to, is to really enjoy and appreciate that men really don't get caught and snagged near to the degree that women do. But I also say to men, that they need to, to respect the fact that women do see things they don't see. And if they don't listen to some of those things, they may miss some very important relational aspects. They also may miss some very important spiritual aspects, financial aspects, social aspects. And so women are really good eyes and ears for men, and men are very good at protecting and, and creating a foundation that is one of security. So what we see is that the other thing that happens with men is they may have a tendency to be overly optimistic in that there's a tendency to see each event as isolated and not connected to a pattern. So this does serve them well if they're taking on a nation in a battle or if they're needing to commandeer an evening's meal. But if they're trying to be relational, they need to connect the dots. And so this is something that men seldom want to do because they don't, they don't want to get caught in all what they see as maybe the minutiae but again, I'm very thankful for the masculine side of God because he says, your sins are as far as the east is from the west. I remember them no more. And one of the things that we see about men frequently is they really don't remember. And that is truly a gift. It doesn't mean that they don't remember maybe, you know, how much they love us or how important job is, how important security is, but they don't remember all those things that women do because women connect all these dots. And so when you're having an argument, many times men will experience this idea that A woman begins to talk about, well, you remember a year ago when you said such and such, and it happened three years ago, too, when we were at that one restaurant, do you remember? And the man is looking at her like, I have no idea what you're talking about. And so it's very helpful when I explain to men, they're not trying to rehash the past. They're simply connecting all the dots, and they're trying to explain to him why the moment they're in right now is meaningful to them, because it's connected to things that have occurred in the past. So... We're going to talk more about this hardwiring of men and women, how very different their brains are, why they process information the way that they do. And we're going to really begin to identify relationally how to be more successful when you are dealing with the opposite sex. So I think you're going to enjoy today, and I'm hoping that you come back and listen to the, to the rest of this because there is a lot of really good information that I have seen work very well in my practice whenever I do couples work. And so we're going to look at also how God is and how God is reflected in both of those genders. And so it's a very exciting show. It's a very exciting topic. It's also fraught with many, many things that may seem a little bit more complicated. And so I'm going to hope to make them a little bit uh, more simple. So again, remember that men's hardwiring is not having as much tendency to think... um, about all the connectedness, whereas women are going to try to connect all those dots. And to women, every moment can be meaningful. And to men, they're not going to be looking at the world quite the same way. So please come back, and we're going to talk more about truly the hardwiring of the brain. So thank you. This is Cynthia Hyatt with Conversations with Cynthia. Hello again, this is Cynthia Hyatt and Conversations with Cynthia. Thank you for joining me today. And we are talking about a topic that is probably one of my my most favorite topics. And that is the opposite sex and understanding how gender works and how gender uh, relates and ways that we can make that connection um, healthier and more substantive. And so one of the ways we do that is to be able to understand the opposite sex and to understand that there are very, very specific differences, and there are very specific differences in the hardwiring of the brain, and the way that the brain of a man, and the way that the brain of a woman processes information, and what information is important to them. So the interesting thing, you know, I, I like to get all of my information, you know, as from God, using God as a reference point, using a biblical paradigm as a reference point for the way that I, I uh, give out information. So when we look at God, I know that there's a great series by uh, um, John and Stacey Eldridge that, that wrote books. The one was wild at heart and the other was captivating. And it really looked at the different sides of God. Looked at the male side of God and looked at the female side of God. And one of the things that, that we see in the male side of God is that he, he truly, in many ways, he's very similar. We, when we see this in men, that he, you know he doesn't want to be questioned all the time about what he's doing. And many times I have to say to men, you know, you're not answering to a woman, you're simply giving her information. The more information you give a woman, the better that they do. And men have this tendency to to not necessarily want to give information. They just, they want to be kind of trusted implicitly. Um, They don't want to always be explaining themselves. So this is very similar to God. We see that God has this plan and, and he doesn't want to always be explaining himself. He wants us to trust him and and a man is gonna want me to support his plan and trust the way that he's doing it he doesn't want to have to explain to me why he's doing what he's doing or why he's decided to do it one way or the other or what his feeling is while he's doing it but he certainly desires to be our hero and our protector which is very much like God that he, he wants us to trust him he wants us to understand that he's got the plan and he knows what he's doing and he wants to be our hero our Savior our protector and our provision and so he, he very much wants to be successful at what he's doing and he tells us repeatedly that he will be he will complete that good work and he wins and so we see this in men and and when we look at well is there a feminine side to God and what we see is all through the Bible we're so thankful for all those words that he gives us so he talks about how he feels in the Bible and he has really big feelings I mean we all remember Noah's Ark those are some pretty big feelings he really wants to be perceived correctly he can get his feelings hurt he wants to be on the same page with people he, he says come let us reason together he wants to connect with us he wants to be intimate he wants to be wanted he wants to be pursued well this is very much the hardwiring of women and so this is one of the other reasons we see why God sent a man in Jesus the male side of God came to save the world be horribly harmed physically he was able to stay focused on the goal not get his feelings hurt to the point of being derailed by the original vision that he had. And so we see, we see very much the wisdom of God when it comes to the way that he has, has made men, the way that he has made women, and why each of those differences are very helpful. So when we look at the hardwiring of the brain, the both perceiving and receiving information and experience, what we, what we understand is that men have approximately 6.5 times more gray matter in the brain than women. But before, you know, we, we, it, that, this doesn't mean that just because men have bigger brains that they're necessarily smarter. What we see is that with women, they have 10 times more white matter than men do. And this difference may account for the differences in how men and women think. If men seem, they seem to think more with gray matter, which is full of active neurons. Women think with white matter, which consists more of connections between the neurons. So in this way, what we see is a woman's brain is a bit more complicated in setup. But these connections also allow a woman's brain to work faster than a man's. This is one of the reasons why when men and women are talking or arguing, it's very difficult for men when they start to get overwhelmed with how quickly women can talk, how much they can say, how many things they connect together to come to a a point. And by the end of the conversation, many times men are like, I have no idea what you just said. And so when I'm working with couples, I oftentimes am telling women, you know, we need to slow down. We need to do one point at a time. And this is not because men are simpletons or less intelligent. It's because they process information very, very differently. And they want to listen to one point and they want to think on that point and they begin to problem solve that point. And so women have a tendency to want to give all the points, process all the points, talk about all the points, and then be perceived correctly and then make a connection. So that's quite a different way to process information so what we see with this gray matter what that means is it the, the larger part of a brain contain in a man contains special circuits to detect territorial challenges by other males so he has a bigger he has more of an amygdala which is the alarm system for threats fear and danger is also larger in men so they have more gray matter that is more systematizing and they also have a bigger amygdala which senses danger And so these brain differences make men and women alert, make men more alert than women to what we would call potential turf threats. So what you see, if you've ever been around, they are constantly scanning what's going on around them and looking for danger. They just do this naturally. Women, we don't do that. And so many times I can be with my husband or brothers or other men and I'm just walking along thinking everything's fine and they're all of a sudden saying, ah, we're gonna gonna walk over here. And I'm thinking, why? And somehow they picked up on something. Now, meanwhile, women see emotions. So where men may see danger, potential problems, women see emotions. And so they have the I feel what you feel part of the brain, or a mirror neuron system is what we call it. It's larger and it's more active in the female brain. So women can naturally get in sync with others' emotions by reading their facial expressions, interpreting their tone of voice, Other nonverbal emotional cues so women assume that men have the same ability and think men can do this and just don't want to and then they end up being hurt and disappointed and sometimes angry and so when we look at these different types of hardwiring in the brain you can see the potential relational problems because men gather very different information than women and they use that information for very different things And women are the ones that are hardwired to pick up on very subtle facial expressions, vocal inflections, the way a person sits, the way they stand, these types of things, because they're looking at it emotionally. Men are looking at all those different pieces of information as a potential danger. And so when we look at how men and women interact, I'm constantly working with women on, you need to understand what your body language is doing, because if you are looking angry, acting angry, you are going to look like a potential danger to this man, not someone that he's wanting to try to protect. So we're going to look a little bit more in this um, next half hour. And so I want you to all come back because we're going to talk more specifically about this systematizing tendency, this mechanistic thinking that men do, which means they have a drive to analyze, explore, construct a system. And the systematizer intuitively figures out how things work to extract the underlying rules that govern the behavior of that system. And so men want to systemize women as a way to better understand them. So this is one of the reasons they get frustrated when the rules change. Because they thought what worked yesterday should work today. And so we're going to talk more about this systematizing tendency of a man's brain and an an empathizing tendency in a woman's brain. This is Cynthia Hyatt with Conversations with Cynthia. I look forward to speaking to you again soon. Thank you. I hear the whispers in my Hello, this is Cynthia Hyatt with Conversations with Cynthia. Thank you for joining me today. And we are talking about gender and the opposite sex and understanding the differences between the male brain and the female brain. And there's specific difference in hardwiring for each brain, which is one of the reasons that what they perceive and what they receive is very different information. And what they do with that information is very different. So we were talking in the last segment that men have more gray matter in their brain, which makes them have a bigger brain and they have a larger amygdala, which is in the limbic system. This is the second brain. And that is a part of the sympathetic nervous system. And so that part of the brain is one of the things that is hardwired for the fight or flight um, system. And so if they recognize danger, the person's gonna either flee, they're gonna fight, or maybe they're gonna freeze. So a man has a larger amygdala, and so has very active neurons in that area, which means that he is going to be scanning the whole world that he is in for potential danger and somebody that's going to potentially um, come in and, and threaten his turf. Where women have more white matter, which means they have a smaller brain, but they have a lot more connectivity. And so their brain is making a ton of connections and their brain is what we call has a mirror neuron system, which means I feel what you feel. So I look at what's going on and I can feel, oh my gosh, I know what it feels like to feel that. And we immediately empathize. So a man's brain is characterized by systematizing tendencies or what we would call um, mechanistic thinking. So the systemizing is a drive to analyze, explore, construct a system. And the systemizer intuitively figures out how things work and then tries to extract the underlying rules that govern the behavior of that system. So they're going to go in to deal with uh, a situation at work or their family or their car or church. They're going to try to figure out what the underlying rules are and they're going to systemize and break down how that all works. This is one of the reasons that men do this with women. They want to systematize a woman. So they're trying to better understand them. And so they think they get the rules of this woman. They think they get how she works and they start to, to line it all up and they are simplifying this so that they can they could kind of streamline it only to find that oh my gosh the rules changed today so why did what i do yesterday worked really good and did the exact same thing today and it didn't work why was what i said yesterday really really funny and today she just kind of looks at me like i don't know what you're talking about and so we see this very frustrating situation for men when they think they're getting this woman that they're in love with or or a woman boss or a sister or a daughter and they're thinking, I thought I got this. And then they feel like they're floundering. Whereas in contrast, the female brain is characterized by empathizing or they are what we call maybe mentalistic, where men are mechanistic, women are mentalistic. So they, they, empathizing is the driving force. They are, they are driven to identify another person's emotions and thoughts, and then they respond with an appropriate emotion. This is why women, many times you see in public, they might hit their husband on the arm like, what did you say that for? What are you doing? And men are like, what? I don't know, what what was wrong with what I said? And so we see that this empathizing occurs for women when we feel an appropriate emotional reaction in response to the other person's emotions. And so the purpose of this empathizing brain is to understand another person. So women are constantly wanting to understand this person empathetically. And men are wanting to understand the person mechanistically or systematically. So the difference, again, between mechanism and mentalism is similar to the difference between systematizing and empathizing. So in short, mechanism is about figuring things out or what we would call like in folklore, physics. That's what a mechanistic brain does. Whereas a mentalism is about understanding people or what we would say in folk culture, psychology. So we have men who have a brain that's more physics tendencies, and women's are more psychological. So we're going to talk very specifically about the different energy that men and women have. And there are are two different types, and we're going to also talk about what a man's greatest needs are and what a woman's greatest needs are. And that's going to be very helpful in understanding how this hardwiring of the brain works and why it drives them in a certain energy direction, And why then they have specific needs that come from that. Then we're going to talk about some helpful generalizations and some ways to communicate. So always remember that generalizations are simply reference points. They are not putting us in a box because we are too unique and complex to really be systematized. We really do need to be understood. And so this is one of the things that God does is he really gets the system of us and our hardwiring, and then he empathizes with us. So he does both of those together, which is a wonderful combination, which is why men and women working together make a very wonderful combination if we can get that system to work effectively. So thank you for joining me, and we'll be back in a couple of minutes. This is Cynthia Hyatt with Conversations with Cynthia. Hello again, this is Cynthia Hyatt with Conversations with Cynthia, and we are talking about gender and the opposite sex, and the very specifics about the different hardwiring of the male brain versus the woman's brain, and how this differs in the way they process information, what they do with that information, and how that may cause some relational difficulties, either in their personal relationships or business relationships or even their relationship with God. And so... Again, I'm going to give a little uh, summary because a lot of this information may be kind of technical, and if you haven't heard it before, it's hard sometimes to take it all in. So what we're talking about is this idea that a man's brain has a specific hard wiring and a woman's brain does it as well. And they have great research now, and I was talking in the very first segment of the show about my undergraduate work, uh, or my graduate work, I'm sorry, where it was considered unethical, to really talk about gender differences and that there was no difference between the genders. And one of the things that we have recently in the last 10 years found was that much of the drug testing that was done was only done on males. And so they were understanding now how, oh my goodness, we only did the dosing for men. And now we're understanding that women's dosing because of the way that their bodies uh, metabolize is very different than men's bodies. And so we saw why there were some complications medically for women because we didn't do the research we needed to do to understand the difference between how men receive even medication and how women do, how they respond to them. So what we're looking at now is, again, we talked about in the first segment that there's this, this thread that God weaves throughout history that's undeniable, it's irreversible. And so we continue to revisit godly concepts. We throw them away and we pick them up again. So there used to be, prior to the 60s, this huge distinction that there was very, very great understanding that men and women were very, very different. And we used to hear, you know, at that time, maybe in the 50s, well, that's just the way that men are. Or men would say to, to other men, you know, that, that's, just, that's just what they do. I don't know why they do it, but that's just, that's just how they are. And so there was a greater level of acceptance in some ways, there was also though prejudice. And so what the sixties was trying to do was remove some of that prejudice so that women weren't considered this like quote unquote weaker class or less than or in a one down position. And, and there was this, this attempt to have an understanding that even though men and women are extremely different, um, they are equal. And what the sixties did instead was just make men and women the same thinking that that would cause them to be equal. And what we did at the same time was then we, we began to lose for women much of what some of their greatest strengths are. And women then attempted to be more masculine, thinking that if I'm more masculine, I will fare better in this world that in many ways is, is male ruled. And so we lost a lot of our femininity thinking that our femininity was a weakness. And so a lot of, of what I do with women is I teach them that you can still be very much a woman and still be very strong very direct, very intelligent, very analytical, very logical, and not lose what God has made you to be. And what we find with men and women is that when when women really try to act like a man, then they are treated like a man, and they, they will never fare well. And so in the work world, we're trying to get women again to reclaim, this is the way I process information, this is what I do with information, I am a great resource for you because I have different information than you do. And it's the same for men. They they are a great resource for women because they, they process information very differently and they get different parts of the big picture. So when men and women are effectively working together, we get great results for our labor. So one of the things we talked about is this idea that the brain of a man has more gray matter. And what that gray matter is means that they have a more systematizing brain and they have a, a larger... Uh, amygdala which is in, in the limbic system and the limbic system is where the sympathetic nervous system is located which is the fight or flight syndrome so when I talk to women about relationships I'm frequently saying to them you need to be very careful about your tone of voice your body, body language the, the way that you look the scowl on your face, the frown the high pitched voice because instead of a man empathizing the way a woman would and thinking wow this woman's in distress I got to move toward her I want to figure out what's going on What a man does is that amygdala gets triggered. He's now in the fight or flight system because he sees you as like a bear dog. You're like potential danger. And he has a very difficult time listening to your words because of all the physical information that he's getting. And so what he does is he pulls away, which then usually increases a woman's distress and she gets more effective. So she begins to have bigger emotions which then causes a man to pull away farther because we know that the majority of good men, they, they don't want to fight a woman. They feel bad about themselves. They they don't like taking a woman on, but in the same way, if they flee, they don't like how they feel about themselves either because then they feel like a wimp or they feel like a loser or a failure. They're not successful. They don't know what happened. They don't know what's going on and they don't know what to do. And so they just withdraw and they want to pretend like it didn't happen and they just hope it goes away and they hope that woman calms down and maybe it'll be okay tomorrow. So one of the things that we want to do is we want to really help men and women learn how to express their internal world effectively and be understood and respected for how different they are. So with men, we have this larger amygdala, which means they are more defensive in some ways. They are constantly scanning for danger and for any kind of turf threat that's going to come into their world. And with women, what we find is we have more white matter, and this is that mirror neuron system I talked about in the last segment, that, that looks at what is going on in people's faces, their facial expressions, their, their body language, their vocal inflection, the words they are using. They're going to really listen to those words. Because women are wanting to be in sync with the other person's emotions, And they're wanting to be empathic. So they're wanting to enter in and say, wow, I really feel what you feel. I get that. I've had that experience before and they are wanting to relieve pain. Both genders want to relieve pain as humans, good humans. And so women want to relieve pain emotionally. Men want to relieve pain by problem solving. So they have a very difficult time understanding that many times women simply just need you to care. And I say this to men frequently when it's their wife, their daughter, their sister. I say to them, you know, these are highly intelligent women that you're with. They have all kinds of resources. They probably really know what to do. What they really need is for you to care about how they feel. That is actually doing something. That is an active motion, is when you move in and you care about how they feel, because that fixes a whole lot. What we find, men are always surprised when a woman can be so upset, they go and they call their girlfriend, they talk for half an hour, they come back, Nothing's changed in their world, but they feel better and they're fine now. And so there's a very different process that happens with men and women. So we see with women, they have this empathizing or mentalistic, what we call a mentalistic way of thinking, more psychological in nature. Men are more systematizing, more mechanistic, and more physics in nature. So often we see what, what, that women have this tendency to think that men see what they see or know what they know, or understand what they do. And so they, they think, you know, that maybe just a man doesn't want to. And so they end up getting very hurt and very disappointed because they're like, how can you not see this? How did you not know this? And men are like, I, I really didn't. And it isn't because they are purposefully disconnected or that they don't care. It's that they just don't gather that information the same way. And so many times what men will say is, well, just tell me what to do, tell me what to say. And we get this, you know, this standard answer by women oftentimes. Well, if I have to tell you, then it doesn't mean anything. And so what I say to women is, you know, the one thing we know about men, you can never make them do anything. Like God, you can't make him do anything. And so with women, you, you can make women do stuff for lots of various reasons. But men, you can't really, you, you can never make a man do anything. So when a man says to you, tell me what to do, tell me what to say, this is an act of love because he doesn't do that for anybody. Nobody tells him what to do. And so it's really important when you have a man that's vulnerable and you're going to think that, oh, that's a cop out. And actually what he's doing is he's saying, I am out out of my league right here. I'm out of my scope. I really don't get this. I don't understand, but I really do want to know. And so when I'm dealing with men, you know, that are in my office, I will say to them, I'm going to give you a little direction. I said, why don't you try saying this? And they say this to this woman and she goes, that's exactly what I needed to hear. And he goes, oh, I didn't know that. Because the way that men interact verbally is very different than the way in, women interact verbally. You know, women, we can talk on the phone for hours at a time. We can talk about the same thing and just keep talking about it in a different way. And men, they pretty much are going to problem solve. So they may say to a man, you know, I, uh, you know, I don't think my wife is, like, really happy. And maybe the other guy will say, really? Uh, yeah, I kind of know what that feels like. Have you uh, thought about buying her flowers or, you know, uh, did you uh, not, like, take care of the car or they'll say something very concrete whereas a woman would say well haven't you hugged her or kissed her or told you that you loved her or did you ask her how her day went did you care about what happened in her day and so it's a very different process where with women when I'm talking to men a lot of times if I say them so how'd your day go they're like fine and I'll think oh so I guess you don't want to talk about it and really they don't they really don't need to talk about those types of things they would rather do something with the woman that they love rather than talk with them. And so it's a very important process to understand the difference so that we don't take gender personally, because God intended for it to enhance us and to cause us to be whole, not to cause us pain. But the understanding of the other gender helps me understand myself better as well and helps me understand how to be a more well-rounded person because it creates the need for a lot of humility. And so I have to humble myself to the other person and realize that, you know, I may not understand them as much as I think I do. And I may not know exactly what they need. And I may need to apologize for things that I don't think I did were wrong because I was just being myself. And so it causes us to grow tremendously if we will let it. So we're going to briefly talk about um, the different energy levels that we get with men and women and the ways that that they um, use energy. And so this this idea for men, we would say that they have a centripetal force. And centripetal means that they pull the world in. And so this force tends to pull everything inward. It's res- a restraining force or pulling back. It holds things together through being contractive. So gen- men are generally wanting to move toward a center point. So in relationship he tends to hold himself together and is less likely to lose himself or his identity in the relationship. And and it may appear like it's easier for him to be self-centered and, and inconsiderate of others without even knowing it. And this is not because he's necessarily a self-centered or inconsiderate person. This is because men are hardwired to be independent and and to pull everything toward them. So they want all of their world to come to them. Because part of that is, they want to protect it. And so they don't like it when their world that's important to them is scattered all over the place. It's a very uncomfortable feeling for them. This is one of the reasons that men like women home. They don't necessarily want to talk to us. They just like to know we're there. And if, uh, if we leave, they like to know where we're going. They like to know when we're coming back. And not because they're necessarily trying to control, but that, that you're a part of their world. You belong to them. That It's important to them that they know what's going on. So women, on the other hand, we would say are more centrifugal which means they tend to pull things outward. So it, they're an expansive force. So a woman's awareness is constantly moving out from her center and a man's awareness is moving toward him. So her fundamental nature is to move outside of herself and connect with others. So when she falls in love, it's easier for her to forget herself completely and to become overwhelmed by the needs of others. And so what we're working with women is to not be as expansive so that they start to become so, pulled in so many different directions that they end up losing themselves in the process and they are not taking care of themselves. And with men, we are helping them to not be so contractive, where they are pulling everything toward them and trying to systemize it down to a system that they understand that makes sense to them, that they are allowing themselves to be more expansive and to open up their world. So one of the things that that I always say to men is, you know, when they are coming to therapy, they're doing a very courageous thing because it's way outside their comfort zone. And I say to women, if they're there, they really love you. So this is Conversations with Cynthia. I'm glad you joined me today. Please listen in uh, next week. We are gonna talk about needs and communication with
0: the gender. We hope this past hour has been encouraging, motivating, and inspiring to you. We'd like to remind listeners that this show isn't a replacement for professional counseling or therapy. The messages and teachings shared during the show are given as a way to reach listeners with ideas and insights about how to become your own best version. Cynthia is available as a keynote or guest speaker for corporate and spiritual events. To contact Cynthia, go to CynthiaHyatt.com. If you missed any part of this program, you can hear a replay anytime at KPXQ1360.com. Join us again next Sunday at 4 p.m. for Conversations with Cynthia on 1360 KPXQ.